Welcome to the Deep Three Podcast. This is your host, Matt, joined as always by Kevin and Sam, and a special guest, John. How's it going? It's lit, baby. (laughs) We in it. Let's go. So why don't we start this episode out? Uh, Episode 23 that we like to call the the Goat's Last Dance. Um, I had no idea that this was actually going to coincide perfectly. Uh, Kind of blew my mind, actually, when I saw that. Um, Sam, what do you got for us? All right, guys, this is the last dance. My last dance was in 2012, prom 2012, all alone by myself. But ladies, look at me now. Let's go. <laughs> oh, oh. Repping your OG Steph Curry jersey, baby. Let's get it. Yeah, Steph was famous. Let's go. <laughs> Kevin, what do you got? All I could think could think about while watching The Last Dance is every time I saw Jerry Krause's face, I just kept thinking, <laughs> I can shit on this guy way more than Aaron Gordon. Thank God I have someone else to just bash. Uh, That's fair. That's literally all I was thinking about while watching the doc was how much I really hate Jerry Jerry Krause. Um, I'm going to have John uh, give us some give us some fire. Yeah, you know, I'm actually I'm really glad you guys had me on for this doc about the about the last dance that second Bulls three feet. I can really personally relate to that Bulls doc right now because I too am gearing up for a three peat in a league where I am head and shoulders above the competition. So <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um John is one one, he's my brother, and two He's also in our fantasy basketball league. And last year, he beat us pretty badly. And uh, this year, he beat us pretty badly. So it's. He's a never ended. He didn't beat us. He never ended. Asterisk. Asterisk. (laughs) John, do you remember what your record was? I think that I'm 14 and two. Yeah. I only started right. losing because everyone started fucking sending a million people to Brian's team. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so why don't we, I'm going to start off this episode by just, uh, we're going to go with a quick condolence to the cat family. Unfortunately, uh, your boy lost his mother to the coronavirus. So uh, we're thinking about you guys. We're thinking about everybody who unfortunately lost a family member to the to the coronavirus hopefully things start coming back to normal and we can have some some kind of sports in our life but um to all those who have lost somebody uh, our hearts out to you guys we're thinking about you and you know it's super unfortunate and really shitty circumstances um <clears throat> i guess the question that i have for you guys is first two episodes of the doc were pretty dope um is it gonna get better <laughs> kevin what do you got <laughs> it's only up from here i, I mean i hope i mean spoiler alert we all kind of know what happens at the end of the season <laughs> <laughs> you're so, right <laughs> you're not wrong um it's hey, gonna get more dramatic and more intense <laughs> Hey Sam, um, is Michael Jordan the the real goat, or is it uh, LeBron James? I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw that discussion right your way. Okay, so you're basically saying get my LeBron jersey out right now, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I think everyone knows has listened to me. I've always said LeBron's better than Jordan, right? We all I've, I've been saying that. I won't lie, I won't deny that. Uh, after watching those first two episodes, you know, I never grew up watching Jordan. I don't think any of us did because we're just some wee lads uh, yeah. trying to understand the game. Uh, but after watching some of those highlights, genuinely mind blown. I think the thing we'll discuss later is just how like diverse Jordan's game was, and I think mm-hmm. it's still similar. LeBron is still similar, but uh, why you put this question on me? I'm gonna answer it. <laughs> I'm gonna answer it later. I'm gonna answer it later. I have a better. All right. Answer it later. Hey, um, John, when we were when you were watching the doc and you noticed that the Bulls were the underdog against the Celtics, who were just destroying people with like Larry Bird and their other three people who made it to the Hall of Fame was that like mind-blowing to you that like people could actually defeat the Michael Jordan Bulls (laughs) oh man I mean (laughs) no I mean you gotta remember like that Celtics team that was like 
they were like warriors lotus they had like bill walton's corpse coming off the bench like they had like <laughs> they were fucking loaded man like nah that was that was not super surprising but it was pretty funny to watch uh to watch michael jordan just get so frustrated he had to drop 63 on larry bird's broken <laughs> decrepit body like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that was probably <laughs> that was probably one of the best things ever not to mention the fact it was wonderful not to mention not to mention the fact that michael jordan played golf with, with the very day before <laughs> i love it i love the heat i love it so Man. much hey uh sam i'm gonna throw it to you uh why don't you give us some updates on the nba all right well as we all know, the season is currently suspended due to the outbreak, as we've mentioned in the past three episodes. Uh, yeah, I know it's a big, uh, big conspiracy, as I know it's going to say. <laughs> but uh, I know there's been discussion, and I think probably end of April, they'll have more serious discussions about how we can get back started. Um, and I heard one proposal was going to be, obviously, you know, continue the season, but no fans. Makes sense, you know, I get from that standpoint. Um, but they're asking kind of the teams to rush back, you know, just after one month coming together. You know, these teams have been almost, it's going to be almost two months away since we'll get the season started back. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, not just how the league, you know, feels about it, but also as the players, you know, the other ones going to be taking the physical toll, obviously. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this, you know, with the season? You know, should the season resume or do you think it's, you know, we're way too far now? I think... <sighs> I don't think there's a good answer to that, unfortunately. Like, I think you're going to piss people off either way and or you're, you're going to make some people happy, whatever you do. Like, some people are going to want to play basketball as soon as possible. They want to finish the season. Otherwise, they're going to be left with this big question mark that they're not going to be satisfied with. Like, LeBron in L.A., he's not going to be satisfied if he can't finish the season and prove how great that team is. Um, whereas other people, I think you're going to have the exact opposite. They don't want to go back out and play in front of zero people for or after three months of not playing basketball. Like, I feel like a lot of people's heart just won't be in it at that point. And I don't want to see, I don't even know if it's worth it to watch basketball at that point if half of the league doesn't want to do it. No, that's fair. That's a good argument. John, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a tough call. You're like getting to a point where, you know, uh, right now, like we said a little bit before we started recording, just like we would be watching playoff basketball right now. So it's just like the timeline's all messed up. Like people are going to have to start considering, you know, moving the start of the off season, like doing all these things where like it, at this point, bringing back this NBA season kind of feels like a pipe dream, though. It's just like we've never had the deal with an incomplete grade on a season, you know, we've had shortened seasons, but we've never had one that didn't end with a champion. And so like, it's, I, I see why it's tough for the league, but the longer this goes on, the more I'm like, it might just be time to like look forward, but yeah. That's fair. Uh, Matty Ice, finish us off. What do you think? I am, <clears throat> if you're gonna, first and foremost, if you're gonna bring the league back into like playoff form, it's going to be really hard to do when players have not been playing games, full games for this long of a time, like this long of a time period. It's, it's just going to be a pain in the ass. And not to mention that, like, we want to make sure that everybody's healthy, everybody's safe. And like Kevin said, when you're watching basketball games, you know, without their fans without a crowd in the stadium it definitely gives off a different vibe it gives off a completely different vibe because the players you know they thrive off of all that cheering and whatnot and it, it can change you know like home court advantage is a real thing like people people get pumped and hyped up when you have people cheering for you like that personally do i want to see basketball absolutely i would love to see basketball but it's like John said, you know, it's kind of like a pipe dream at this point. I I think right now we should just start looking forward and, you know, we should start uh, bribing Anthony Davis to come to the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, I definitely agree with you guys. Uh, I think it's a real shame because I think we're seeing peak performances from some phenomenal players, you know, especially with Giannis. Uh, obviously, an MVP season. Uh, Scary for the Bucks. Yeah, and very good, you know, title chances. 
especially with free agency looming, you know, mm-hmm. have to have a title under your belt, you know, that's going to say something, obviously. Yeah. You know? And I think it's a real shame, especially, you know, having one of the best draft classes that we've ever seen with Zion and Ja, and we're not able to see that talent, you know, <sighs> and very average uh, Bam Adebayo, you know, he never gets to see that. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, oh, my God. 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 I see you walk into hostile territory. <laughs> Hey man, guy's never been to the playoffs. I can't say much. Oh wow! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John and I might be the biggest Bam hypers out there, and Kevin and Sam just like to shit on me all day long. Bam out of bio. Oh man, you guys are gonna you're gonna be eating your words. <laughs> you know, a player that I prefer is Anthony Davis. Mm. Right? I mean, obviously, clearly better. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a rumor that he is selling his home in LA. Coincidentally, just before the documentary was released, uh, Matt, what do we think about this? Is this just utter bullshit or, you know, is this something real? (laughs) I'm sure it's utter bullshit because as a Chicago fan, I need to make sure that I'm not hyped about anything at all so that my dreams don't get crushed royally. Um, (laughs) If this is a legitimate thing, I would be shocked because I mean like the Bulls have like nothing to offer except their incredible new coaching changes and staff changes which has been the one good thing that the Bulls have done in like the past like what three five years it's been insane like they're finally making good moves so if somehow Anthony Davis decides to play with the Bulls um I'm gonna think that this is some vanilla sky bullshit and that I'm like (laughs) under a under a sickness or something, and this is all a dream. Um, I'm sure it's nothing, but, I mean, who knows? He, he could just be selling his house for something even bigger. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> That's true. Hey, Kevin, I know you're Anthony Davis guy. I mean, you trade him immediately in our fantasy basketball <laughs> league. I know, I know you vibe him up. Along with LeBron. Uh, you know, is this duo leaving LA? You know, is this some Space Jam 3 making right now? I can't believe I did that. Um... <laughs> I don't see any reason for Anthony Davis to leave LA. Like in my mind with him, with LeBron and that team there, it doesn't make sense for him to leave and go anywhere else. Like he's basically the star of that team. Other than LeBron, he's going to carry that team. And once eventually LeBron is going to retire whenever that is, and if he stays at LA, he's just going to be that franchise player and get paid so much money and be their guy again. Uh, and I think, I don't know why he would throw that away, especially he would, there's no way he would ever come to the Bulls. I don't care if he's from Chicago. Like there's no logical reason unless they pay him an obscene amount of money and get rid of every other player on their roster. That's fine. Yeah. I'm wearing my marketing jersey and I don't even care if he goes. Like, whatever. Well, before we go over to John, first off, I need you to redact that LeBron statement, Kevin. Can't guy can't retire, okay? He's gonna play here to I'm sorry, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be fifty-three and still greatest barrel of wine whoever I don't think I I don't think LeBron James will be satisfied until he plays a game where he has the flu. And uh, he dominates. I don't think he will ever be satisfied <laughs> unless that happens. LeBron's gearing up for a COVID game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, what do you think? AD staying in LA or Chicago pipe dream? Here we go. Oh, yeah. AD, uh, it, total pipe dream. He's like, it, he's just got to chill with the real estate transactions for like a little bit. We're all so starved for action right now. It's like, you know, like you remember like, like the couple of days or weeks or whatever it was this summer when like there was nothing happening. And so everyone just like whipped out their tinfoil hats and they were like, oh, Kawhi sleeps with his head facing north. He must be reporting <laughs> to Toronto this year. Like, you, just, you cannot be dropping these bread cobs in the middle of a pandemic. We, like, we are starving. <laughs> no, for sure. I, I mean, you never know, man. The GM's changing in Chicago, man. Got your boy Arturis now. Yes. You know, moves. Yeah, as much as Anthony Davis loves him, right? Obviously. He talks so much about him, all zero percent. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it'd be interesting to see. Maybe he just gave up on LA. He's like, hey, we didn't win a title. All right, even though the virus won, we still didn't win a title. <laughs> you promised me a title, LeBron. <laughs> like, this is on the bus, family, man. I'm out of here. 
Hey man, it wasn't in the contract, right? It was like yeah. pending virus epidemic, you know. We'll um, I think some big news for us because we're just desperate for basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. Two high school prospects are, you know, avoiding college, and you know they're going to the G League, which is surprising. They're not going overseas. They're going to stay in G League and you know, perform there, especially with the number one overall high school player, uh, Jalen Green, and the number thirteen Isaiah Todd. Matt, what do we think? You know, is this a smart move, or what do you think? College, overseas. Dude, I love this. I think it's extremely – I think this is, like, really cool because they're actually, like, playing a – I guess you could say, like, a professional level of basketball instead of, you know, going through the route of playing college basketball with an organization that, let's be honest, doesn't really care about the players. They just care about the school's money, income, and whatnot. Um I'm glad. I mean, these guys are actually doing something that's going to better their lives. They're going to start making a decent amount of money. Um, this is great. This is awesome. I would love to see more high school players do this. You know, I mean, the la- who was the last player to join the NBA right out of high school? Was that Kobe or Dwight Howard? Maybe Dwight Howard. Dwight yeah, Howard. absolutely. You know, like that. Like that's awesome. Like we we don't see this stuff happening and. I, I won't lie, like, the first time that I thought about this, I was just like, oh, but the college experience, and oh, this and this and this, and it's just like, it's kind of all bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. like who cares at that point? You know, Zion could have been playing in the NBA last year. <laughs> he might have, like, <laughs> really could Like, who knows, you know? Like, he didn't need to go to fucking college. Like, doesn't matter. Like, good for these guys. For sure. John, what do you think? Do you think G League is better, or do you think overseas ball is better? Yeah, it's super interesting, because... I was reading up a little bit about this like G League program because it's not just like like a lot of when when people like LaMelo Ball went overseas they were like playing legitimate games in that league and they were like right in the action of it and they're making more money than the G League used to offer so now the G League's giving them I think it's like maybe 500,000 or more something like that for these these contracts for the year and then all they're doing is they're going to play a certain like set amount of like very controlled games because they're still like high schoolers playing grown men. And that was one of the concerns that people had. Right. And then on top of it, like a major part of this program is just like giving them life skills specifically to like handle being NBA players. So I think it's really interesting. I'm very like intrigued to see how it goes because for someone like Jalen green, it's probably not going to make or break him either way. He's the number one prospect in the country. Isaiah Todd is the 13th best prospect in the country right now for that year. And, uh, that one I think is a little more interesting to track to see like how effective it is for people who are a little bit further down that recruiting board. No, that's true. That's a good point. I think, especially with these kids, um, I know Matt's point, you know, with the college is kind of just exploiting these kids, you know, mm-hmm. really I think it's definitely a great path for them to take. Yeah. I'll also, I'll also really quick say that it's going to be interesting to see, like John said, how these players develop because some of these players might not be getting the competition that they need in college where they could be getting a whole, whole different scope of competition. And you could actually be growing a lot better as a player. If you enter in this G league, instead of entering in college, like it'll be interesting to see how well these players perform. No, for sure. Kevin, my question is, let's say Jalen green didn't make his announcement yet. Do you think Isaiah Todd would have said, I'm going to go to the G League, or do you think it's that pressure with the number one prospect? A hundred percent of the pressure. I don't think a number 13 is going to, on his own accord, make that choice. Uh, I think that kind of like you see so, you see someone else that you look up to doing it, and you're like, okay, I could do that. I'm still I'm pulling really good. I could do that. Um, but I, I think still think it's a smart choice. Like, I agree with all your points. I think it's awesome that they're doing it. I think the NBA is smart to encourage this mm-hmm. because this is hugely beneficial for them. Imagine if Zion was in the G League and we could watch G League games before. Like, <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, everyone would do that. So um, I feel like it's going to be something like that where people like start watching G League games more just to see these young guys grow up in this environment. Uh, so I think it's super smart on the NBA. Just imagine, like, Zion dunking on some 33-year-old gym teacher, like, just trying to, like... Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely destroying it. That would be amazing. (laughs) 
Uh, that would have been awesome. Uh, One I mean, game later, and Zion is now in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Western guys the best. I think it's definitely a smart move, mm-hmm. uh, especially being top prospects. Go get your money. I yeah. <laughs> Like if you're gonna leave, if you're gonna be one and done, like there's no point to going to college. I get with the Lamelo situation. If you go overseas, there's less footage of you, so mm-hmm. you know it makes it hard for you know some of these prospects, especially with this draft coming up. Uh, I think it's probably one of the worst drafts. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably since like Nerlens Noel was drafted, and we got Anthony Bennett drafted. So you know, that wow, garbage. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Obviously, town's gotten way better just with AAU basketball also exploiting, but, you know, mm-hmm. the whole town's gotten better as well. So, I wish these guys the best. Um, but, you know, I think we should do some history review real quick. On this day, gentlemen, a year ago, Dame Dalla, Dame Dalla, boys, Dame Dalla dropped the FU3 on Paul George. Paul George, hands down, man down, all right? We saw that. When we saw that, John, what was your first thing that went through your mind? Ah, the violence. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I like. It was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen in my life. I was so. <laughs> I've never been so enamored with, with Damian Lillard. What a like! It 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 was really it was legitimately incredible, and it broke that franchise. It like completely like changed the course of that franchise. Like, yeah. I, it was it was insane. It was like one of those things when it happened that you knew was special, and then it ended up being special. Like, for sure. I remember watching that game. I know our group me keeps texting and texting. Uh, I'm just like laying in bed. It's probably almost midnight. I'm like, I'm gonna go to bed. And I see this. I literally just jump out of bed, run around my apartment, and then I'm like, I'm too tired for this. But <laughs> uh, Matt, what did you? What was the first thing that went through your mind? <clears throat> I was pretty surprised. I really. The organization of the Thunder, I was a really big fan of because when Kevin Durant was still on that team, you had James Harden and whatnot, and you had probably prime Russell Westbrook on that. Like, they were a fun organization to watch, and it kind of just went downhill. So it's kind of interesting to see the Trailblazers, who you can never count out to, make, to like not make the playoffs or to make the playoffs, because these guys, they'll fight tooth and nail to get that spot, man, and it's wild, and... I mean, we were talking maybe a couple episodes ago about who, who's the more clutch player. And if we're looking at Dame Lillard, like, he's up there. He, he's just, like, that shot was absolutely incredible. And he's such a talented all-around player. Um, when I think of Damian Lillard, I don't think of, like, the best shooter in the league. But, like, that was some range that he had on there, man. That was a, that was a dumb shot. It was really good. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the interesting thing was, like, Paul George, you know, post-game was like, this is a lucky shot, dude, you know, it's nothing. <laughs> and Damian Lillard, I starts to tweet, and I think it was funny that he did the little, like, meme reference with his face in the dog pile, just looking at the camera, just straight face. Got that yeah, great meme. Uh, Iconic. <laughs> Kevin, what were you thinking? I think that that's why I was so heavily defending Damian Lillard as this clutch shooter is mainly in part due to that shot like and he he's had other shots like that but that is the number one thing that sticks out in my mind of like seeing him make that and just thinking like wow he just single-handedly destroyed an organization of basketball like you just destroyed <laughs> entirely with one and not even that you destroyed your favorite player, Paul George, as much as everyone knows. Oh, Paul yeah, George. Kevin's favorite, absolutely. <laughs> the least clutch player on the Clippers. The guy God. that will probably drag the Clippers down, most likely. Episode one, I recommend listening, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, that, I did that, back that a little bit in the middle of the season. I was like, I... I wonder, like, who would, you, who would you rather take, like, if you were going on a playoff run, would you rather have Paul George during, like, the three weeks when he was in the MVP conversation that year, or Paul George when he was playing uh, LeBron's Miami Heat team in Indiana. Because I kind of want that Indiana Paul George. That guy is fucking crazy. (laughs) He's insane. And shoulders work. (laughs) Yeah! Remember when Paul George's shoulder worked? What a a time. What a time. We have to agree that Paul George does not deserve a shoe. All right, he does not deserve a shoe. <laughs> LeBron, KD, Kyrie. That's it. Kyrie mm-hmm. questionable because he references himself as MLK. Different stories. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, 
Uh, uh, last thing I'd like to make note, uh, WNBA draft happened. I'm pretty sure no one watched that besides maybe me, but Kevin, I see you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, gotta give a shout out to Sabrina Ionescu. It was very mm -hmm. obvious. I think well-deserved. New York Liberty. They got jerseys on sale, boys. I might have to cop them. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's a very ugly, like, mint toothpaste color, so I'm a little questionable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I know you're a, hype, you're a hype fan for her, so what do you got? Any thoughts for her? I'm pumped. This is awesome, man. Like, all power to her. I hope that she gets the money that she deserves. I hope that maybe she can do something with the WNBA, maybe make it, like, a lot more um, popular or what or what have you. Like, so, like this is one of the one of the youngest people that Kobe endorsed, you know, like, let, let's see this legacy go on for as long as we can, you know, let's see her shine and be the better player that she was meant to be because she is awesome. She's a fantastic player, and I would love to watch her play more. For sure. Uh, and I think I'd like to make note that she's the first D1 player, man, woman, at 2,000 mm -hmm. points, 1,000 rebounds, 1,000 That's unreal, right? That's unreal. It's amazing. It's uh, amazing. Stupid. Fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess that's it with NBA updates. Matt, do you want to take over for you know the main topic? or We've got some thoughts. <laughs> on the last dance, baby, and I actually have something. Oh man, is it a dance, baby? We've got some MJ, baby. Oh. <laughs> I got this a long time ago, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna need this for a reason." And uh, here we are. <laughs> so, boys, uh, this was really—I'm typically not a big documentary guy, and this was. Fun. This was actually a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, Michael Jordan gave the green light after the 2016 Cavs title parade. A uh, little bit of a hint, hint, nudge, nudge right there. <laughs> um, but why don't we go right into the doc? Uh, John, what was the craziest thing about this documentary that hit you? Because, I mean, as, as you guys know now, you know, we're still, we're pretty young, you know, we're millennials. Uh, we weren't able to watch Prime Michael Jordan or just Michael Jordan in general. So this new documentary was like opening up whole new things for us. Um, so what was the craziest thing that you saw out of that, John? Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was definitely like pretty interesting. I think like, I don't know, I've, I've watched my share of Jordan footage. I think like the most interesting things for me were probably like, the absolute just like vitriol that he spits towards his front office starting like his second year in the league and then like the other thing that really like stuck with me the most that i don't know if i knew or maybe i forgot about was just like scotty pippen's contract was yeah genuinely terrible and i like oh yeah that was i think actually scotty pippen's contract is the thing that stuck out the most i've always known michael jordan's an asshole but like <laughs> That was that. It, it was pretty dark. It was like seven years for like eighteen million or something. That was a yeah. joke. Like that was terrible. <laughs> Sam, what did you think when uh, when Reisendorf sat him down and said like, "Hey, this is your contract. Sign it or you're done." What did you think of that? <laughs> I think it was interesting. He was like, "If you sign this, like you're gonna be really dumb. Like you really." He was literally saying like, "Don't sign." Yeah. It's bad. Um, his agent, Jimmy Sexton, absolute garbage agent, okay? Like, Terrible. He screwed up his entire rookie deal, and it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? I think we all watched it. You know, Scotty's... I had no idea about Scotty's, like, family life at all. Mm -hmm. uh, it had two people paralyzed. That's crazy. So yeah. he probably felt the initial pressure to, you know, send money back home, make sure to get all my money right now up front, and then you can start, you know, diluting ever. Uh, and it was kind of interesting because, you know, probably around the 95 season, that's when the cap... You know, CBA was signed again, and if the cap went up by another forty-four percent, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so Ryan was like, "Well, I'm not going to change that deal, you know. And I, you stuck with it, uh, so it's a real shame that we're still seeing to this day that like Ryan's doors mistakes. Luckily, management's changed now, but it took him another yeah. ten years again <laughs> after Jerry Cross. So, mm -hmm. Kevin, um, was this probably one of the biggest like? fuck yous to a player that you can think of. And I think the reason why this is so insane is because Scottie Pippen was one of the best players. Like, he was such an incredible player. I think when they give the, they gave the stats of when he started basketball and, like, in high school when he played, he, like, grew 
like exponential <laughs> like the very next year and he just started falling out like no other like kevin i think it's obvious that pippen didn't deserve this contract but like is this probably one of the worst deals that you've seen <laughs> oh it's a garbage ass deal I, but I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily personal. I think the Bulls management were just like, well, you signed this, so we're going to stick with it. Uh, it wasn't like they had it out for Pippen or anything like that. Uh, right. Uh, but I think any other management system would probably have helped them out a little bit. And probably one, renegotiated uh, that deal. Yeah, yeah. one get on his good side saying that he was the second best player on the team. Like, I, I don't know. It just blows my mind that that, like, it's absolutely. It doesn't it seem is, when we watch it like this, like, it really doesn't seem like any of this could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you saw this happening nowadays, they would, they would be like, nah, I'm out. See you, dude. I'm going to get traded, like, like, as soon as possible. Like, it's wild uh, how much the NBA has advanced ever since those days, because back then it was very much so team oriented. And while basketball is always a team game, now it's kind of more so the players getting what they want more so than the team and the organization in general. So oh, you never see a seven year deal today. Yeah. Like they, yeah, never four now, right? Four or five. Yeah. 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 yeah it's absolutely wild. Um, I think the most shocking thing to me was was probably uh, Jerry Krause. Um, boys, this fucker, <laughs> man, I could not have uh, kind words for what this guy was doing. Uh, Sam, why, why don't you why don't you help me out here? Do you think this guy was uh, doing a good job, or uh, or is this guy bad, <laughs> bad dude? <laughs> I think he reminds me of Commissioner Stern. Uh, rest in peace, of course. Uh, <laughs> he had a phenomenal first half of his career and an absolute garbage second half, right? It's like a presidency. Second term's absolute garbage every time. Can't, can't help <laughs> it. Um, I think we have to give Jerry Cross some props. He did make the trade for Scotty in 87. Yeah. Uh, for a kid from Central Arkansas who didn't make the team because he was actually the ball boy for a little while, uh, that's kind of crazy to take that kind of gamble. Yeah. Uh, but... I think we know so far in the documentary, obviously we don't have his side of the story, you know, he's no longer alive, but uh, I think he started a hero, but he ended up turning out to be the villain in the end. So it's like a Joker concept, I guess you could say. Yeah, I like that. That's a good comparison. I'd probably have to agree with you on that one. Uh, John, do you think his, uh, the good things that he did outweighs the bad things that he did? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like everything that he did put together like two versions of a team that had two three-peats in one decade like it so of course like there's I think Jerry just like has a little bit of like an Icarus syndrome man he was just like <laughs> I, I think that he just like really was he really was nailing it for quite a while there but then he just got a little too like uh, a little too much like fuck you I built this which is what the documentary seems to be like the narrative they're pushing is like, okay, like Jerry felt like he was getting not enough credit for the success of that team. And since only we're only pretty much hearing from players, it's like a lot of the players being like, well, like, yeah, we were the ones playing. Fuck you, Jerry Krause. But like he did build a lot of what was there. I just mm -hmm. think that he eventually like, you know, a big part of like any successful operation is just making sure that you're having, you know, good communications with the people underneath you and like having a, having a nice uh, corporate culture and Jerry Krause is more <laughs> interested in his, uh, in his own, his own legacy than he was in the continued success of the Chicago Bulls near the end. Yeah. I think what blew my mind was Kevin and you can give, you can give some insight into what you thought about this when he went to the head coach and basically said, Hey, this is after, after this year, you're out. I don't care what happens. If you win, whatever. That's what I was going to say. My biggest like mouth open moment during that whole documentary was hearing them go to Phil Jackson and being like, I don't care if you win 82, <laughs> you're gone after this year. That is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. In my life. <laughs> I still again. That's that's something like I'm looking back and watching this and being like, how did this happen? How did they 
hate Phil Jackson so much to not even like care what he did. And he went on to win a championship that season. And like, it's so, so dumb. So dumb. I don't know about you guys, but so the last time let, let's, let's think about this for a second. The last time that the golden state warriors won a championship, that was what, two years ago. Yep. Would you believe that, if anybody in that organization went up to Steve Kerr before that last championship and been like, Hey, you know what? We're kind of sick of winning, man. Like after this year, you're done. Like that's just mind blowing shit. Like I did not, when you have a winning culture in your organization, you don't just get rid of one of the people who is helping you with that. It's just, I think that is one of the things that blew my mind the most about this documentary. I was just like, what the hell <laughs> it was absolutely insane and what does phil jackson go on to do after he leaves the bulls yeah. coach the great lakers team with kobe and Shaq. wow and i kind of run with the knicks in the <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord so why don't we go on to the next thing uh i'm gonna jump around a bit and so one of, the th- one of the funniest things about this documentary uh, has to be the Bulls traveling cocaine circuits. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but what a, what a name that is. Uh, John, when you first heard that, uh, were you dying laughing? Because <laughs> I was. Yeah. I thought that was rad. That was, uh, that was just a product of the times, man. <laughs> it really, really had MJ coming across looking like a narc. But it was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, but, but yeah, it was, that was pretty crazy. I'm, I'm like half surprised and half like, oh, it's just a really shitty NBA team who's always on the road and like just wants to fucking party. Like, it was like, you know, like I get it, but man. <laughs> when they went through that, when like it, I was picturing a young Michael Jordan just walking around the hotel, just knocking on doors, <laughs> just being like, "Where are my friends? Where are my friends? Come shoot free then, throws with me, fellas." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys want to play a one on five? I need to test my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh shit! You know what? You guys are doing cocaine and weed. Yeah, I'm not about that life. <laughs> It was pretty. It was pretty wild. I'm not gonna lie. And just the title of that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> seeing, yeah, seeing Michael Jordan's reaction to that was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> so why don't we go back into <clears throat> Scottie Pippen? So he was one of the best players to play the game. He was absolutely incredible talent. He had really great ball ball handling skills as tall as he was, as big as he was. And he just knew how to play with Michael Jordan so very well. Sam, obviously there's some back and forth so far. I'm sure we'll see more of it as more episodes come out. But as far as Scottie Pippen, you know, sitting out and getting that surgery like super early, do you think it was selfish of him? Look, when it comes, when, <clears throat> once you're doing a hobby and you're making money off of it, you can be selfish as much as you want. <laughs> Everyone's here to exploit you. Uh, they obviously did to Scotty, right? They're like, they probably had some prediction uh, that the cap was going to go up. So let's get probably, what, fourth best player in the NBA at that moment. Probably with Charles Barkley and Hakeem, mm-hmm. even Patrick Ewing at that time, uh, which is time for a stupid cheap deal. Uh, so I don't really blame Scotty. The only thing I'd say would have been risky was just getting the surgery too late, right? You know, yeah. once things start healing in an awkward way, you know, you're not the same player. You know, luckily, he does get paid way later, sadly not with the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you have every right to be selfish at that point. You know, once you put, you know, once you're literally, you know, breaking your balls for this team, you know, you can you can say wherever you want. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and you see that a lot more nowadays, you know, like, like we said, nobody signs a seven-year contract anymore. It's absolutely unheard of. If I mean, hell, if I heard a player getting a four-year contract, I would still be like, huh. <laughs> like, that'd be kind of interesting to me because all we see nowadays is about a one- to two-year contract with some wiggle room in there. And I would probably have to say personally, I don't think it's selfish. Um, 
Kevin, Michael Jordan had some uh, different ideas. What do you? How do you feel about what Michael Jordan was saying? He's just a little baby because he was losing games without other people. Like, <laughs> like he just has that mentality of like, I need to win no matter what. I don't care what I have to do to make that happen. And the fact that Scottie Pippen didn't 100% agree with that mindset drives him crazy and makes him mad and that and he's like oh it's selfish no it's like that's the i am totally on scotty pippen's side and eh. john the new title of this episode is going to be kevin said that michael jordan is a baby um do you think we're going to get the most hits out of any other episode that we've released yeah i think very much so i think there's a lot of people out there who have something against kevin and i think this is really only going to embolden them <laughs> hey kevin let's start it boys <laughs> john i would like in all seriousness though um i would like to hear your opinion about this um i know steve kerr said that no one resented pippen after the surgery uh obviously michael jordan had yeah. i think a very overly emphasized attitude about winning and I understand why and we saw that winning mentality and how what and like how well it gave the Bulls uh, all these championships but uh, how do you feel about the whole Scottie Pippen situation I mean I think that the truth probably lies somewhere between what like Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan were saying I'm sure that people were like oh Scotty it would have been pretty nice if you could have gotten that a little earlier for us but at the end of the day they all know what his contract situation was like they know he's the sixth highest paid player on that team and like that you know so i'm sure that most of the people on the team agree with steve kerr that there was not a lot of animosity i'm sure there was some mild frustration Mm -hmm. uh but you could tell like watching the jordan interview part of that that he was just like seething like it it all came back to him and he was like wow i can't believe that motherfucker (laughs) how dare he not want to take a pay cut for our wins yeah Yeah. i mean i told you know and kind of like like kind of like what Sam was saying, it's just like Scotty gave so much of the franchise already, and the franchise wasn't willing to wiggle for him at all. So you know, if he needs to take a little power in some sort of way, it you know, it's it's his body, and he can decide when he wants someone to cut it open. So you know, like <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I agree. I can add real quick as that from Jordan's you know viewpoint, it's kind of easy to say that when you're the highest paid player in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the you have the shoe endorsement. You got the McDonald's and Dorothy, you got the Gatorade. And it's easy to say that when you got all the money coming your way. Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. I totally get it. You know, it. Michael Jordan's mindset is just otherworldly. You don't really see that. now. You don't even really see that with LeBron. Like, obviously, he has a winning mentality, but he also understands, like, when he is getting screwed or mm-hmm. when he like can do better at different places. We've obviously seen that when he left Cleveland for the heat, when he left Cleveland for the Lakers, uh, rest in peace, Cleveland forever and ever. <laughs> but you know, what really jumped out at me was the fact that Scottie Pippen was the sixth, <laughs> like highest on that team. Like that's just, cause whenever I think of Scottie Pippen, I always think of the two, you know, he was, he was Michael Jordan's, robin like they Mm -hmm. said in the documentary you know like how the hell are you gonna do him dirty like that you know it's absolutely insane so with all of this michael jordan talk obviously we've seen more clips with him um uh, maybe some of us have seen him play a little bit more than what we've seen in the documentary but early michael jordan uh dude knows how to ball out and as you saw, there were a lot of like spot up twos, a lot of spot up mid range shots that he took. And you really don't see that at all nowadays. You don't see that in this league. It's, it's so polarizing. It's so very different from what you see nowadays with the three point shot. Um, Kevin, what would you have to say about early Michael Jordan? Let's just say first couple of years. I love watching early Jordan so much. Those highlights from that Celtic series are yeah. so fun to watch. Like, literally him just going from, like, the corner, posting up, driving in, and making, like, a 20-foot shot, no problem, no questions asked, 30 times a game. It's so cool. It's so awesome to watch because we don't have anyone like that in the league right now that does that. 
or that would want to do that for any reason because that's just not the style of basketball now. And mm-hmm. I get that. But I feel like it's a totally different type of entertainment watching young Jordan uh, and that type of play. And we really don't see that. We ha- I don't think we saw that since him. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I think like, <clears throat> I mean, we all grew up with watching Kobe Bryant and watching um, the Celtics with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and, you know, Kevin Garnett and Shaq. And, you know, we, we saw all these incredible players, LeBron James, one of the best, one of the best players of our time. And it's really weird to hear that another player is better than LeBron James, but because of how well that he's played, because he's a madman, he's absolutely insane. But if we had to take Michael Jordan and just like take a wild guess as to whose play style is anywhere even relatively close, I've been hearing that people are starting to compare Kawhi Leonard and Michael Jordan. That's the big comparison that I've been hearing. John, what do you have to say to that? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's be, I think a lot of it is because Kawhi has like a lot of very similar post moves to Michael, and that was kind of where he was making his money in the late '90s. Like a lot of it was just like some very efficient post moves. He, he was honestly he was like as a two guard one of the best post scorers in the league as far as yeah. efficiency goes, and like. So Kawhi does a lot of that stuff as well. Um, you know, they're both all-time great defenders. Um, I kind of personally, like, still feel a little more like the um, like the Scotty and Kawhi comparison is a little more apt, but I think okay. that Kawhi is... I do think Kawhi is, like, a much more well-rounded offensive player than Scotty, especially now that he's learned how to pass the ball a lot more. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, he's become a much more efficient playmaker in the past year. So I I think it's an interesting comparison, but I think there's other people where, like, we have a lot of guys who were, uh, you know, really lived in that two-point, like, mid-range area, people like Kobe and uh, people like even Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul or Carl DeMar DeRozan, Anthony, DeMar DeRozan, Dirk, like all those people who like live by that mid range shot, like, um, that, that really like kind of molded their game very specifically after Jordan where like, um, but it totally, I see that comparison and I've heard that one too. And it's because like, you'll see like the cool, like side by side shots of like Kawhi doing some like crazy spin move into that put like patented MJ fadeaway jumper. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, that That is a better, interesting comparison for Scottie Pippen and Kawhi. That definitely makes a lot more sense to me. Um, They're just so long. Scottie has yeah. like a 7'3 <laughs> wingspan. Like, it's so insane. Like, it's so insane. And, that, and that's how Kawhi is, too. He's a freak. <laughs> He's a freak. He really yeah. is. The dude... The dude's body literally cannot handle what Kawhi is trying to do to it. <laughs> it's really funny and crazy to see that. Personally. I mean, he definitely like he definitely moves a lot like late '90s Jordan. Like <laughs> Kawhi is already like pretty hobbled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Sam, I saw some disdain when I said uh, Demar Derozan. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you want to say? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I got a new management. We'll send him to Chicago. We'll got a free deal. Like, give me a first round pick. Come on. Come on. You know you love it. Come on. He's an all star. Come on. We'll take Lamarcus back. We'll take Lamarcus. <laughs> okay, man. Go full circle. <laughs> yeah. We'll do what we need to do. And uh, hopefully, Will you the new... <laughs> be bad. That's, 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 what, that's what the Bulls is now. That's their, that's their culture. It's be bad. Um, Ah, it, it, it's some crazy stuff to see Michael Jordan playing back then. I know it was really mind-blowing for me to see that because I didn't really watch any footage of him playing until recently. And it's just, the dude's got, A, insane hops. Like, holy shit, he really gets up there. When I saw that of him, I think it was when he was in college and he jumped up for a, like to block a shot and his head hit the backboard. I was like, what the fuck? That's insane. <laughs> It was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I really can't wait to see more about this, but the biggest question that we all have to take back from all of this, and we're going to be talking about this multiple times throughout this doc, 
what it means to be the GOAT, you know, what it means to be the best player in the NBA. So I'm going to throw this to you, John. A, what does it mean to be the best player in the NBA? And B, can you name, like, give us your opinion of who is the best right now? Who is the best player, like, currently playing? Or... Yes. Oh, um, well, I think so, you know, being the best player in the NBA usually, like, revolves a lot around, like, are you a winning player? Are you – you're usually going to be, like, a very high scorer and a very efficient scorer, and especially now, like, a pretty um, – usually, like, it's someone who's also, like, a fairly, like, gifted playmaker on the side of it all, and, like – I, I think ah, it's so interesting because, like, there's not really anyone who's, at least, like, accolade-wise, super comparable to Michael Jordan, like, in the league right now. Like, LeBron right. is, of course, like, the closest one. But even then, like, MJ's a 10-time scoring leader. Like, he's, like, yeah. you know, he's got the DPOY, the, like, all-defense teams. Um, I think that, like... Man, uh, it's tough. I, I would say, like, just kind of based off of the last time we saw playoff basketball, I kind of am leaning towards Kawhi Leonard. But if you wanted mm-hmm. to say – there's, like, the cool thing about the league right now is that there actually legitimately are, like, you know, if someone wanted to make a case for Kawhi, if someone wanted to say it was still LeBron, if someone wanted to say it was Giannis, if someone wanted to say it was KD, like, there's legitimate cases for, for all of those people. Um I, which is like not a very fun NBA Twitter answer, but like it's uh, <laughs> right. But but like I, if it was me, I would probably if I was trying to like win a championship this year, I'd probably pick Kawhi. That's fair. I like he's, that. Yeah, just Kawhi like is yeah, efficiency. Incredible. He can defend anybody. He's a much better playmaker now, um, and he's got ice in his veins because that's how he was programmed in a lab <laughs> twenty eight years ago. <laughs> Uh, absolutely he is uh definitely Kawhi board 100 percent uh sam i'm gonna throw the same question to you all right so first off i didn't know resting was part of the criteria i really like it's circadian rhythm over replacement is my favorite stat <laughs> once again are we forgetting lebron james ladies and gentlemen the, the mm-hmm. finest wine all right the finest wine possible Probably his fifth version of peaking, different forms, right? We had pure scoring LeBron. He took a 2007 Cavaliers team to the finals. That team is Nasty. shit. That is an absolute garbage team. <laughs> Michael Jordan had a team, okay? I, at least yeah. three players. Yeah, at least three players, all right? They got rid of Oakley. All right, that's fine. But they got Scotty. They got the worm, right? Uh, Steve Kerr. I mean, I, that's touching that Steve Kerr is like Alex Caruso nowadays. Uh, but for me... I don't think championships make much sense because championships are a team accolade, right? That's, that's out of it. Uh, scoring, totally. you know, scoring title obviously matters. Uh, if that's the case currently right now, it'd probably be KD, maybe James Harden, if you want to call that a goat. But, right, those guys don't really play defense <laughs> that much. Uh, one guy has Achilles. KD plays, KD, probably not anymore after the Achilles, but KD <laughs> played some pretty good defense in those Golden State years. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, I know it's easy to join the 73 and team. Okay. That's Jordan. Jordan, okay? Um, <laughs> but I think to me, I think from our last episode, we, you know, we built what it means to be the ultimate player. And my thing was, I think size does matter. So, right, if you're going to have a GOAT discussion, right, we see every clutch points does it. They always have, like, a matchup between, oh, LeBron versus uh, Jordan or Kobe. Like, who would win? Right? So it's always a 1v1 matchup. Mm-hmm. Who would win there? It's got to be LeBron, right? He's got the physique for that. So mm-hmm. when it comes to Maybe it's not considered good, but, but maybe when it comes to, hey, when I think NBA basketball, what's the player I would think of? I think LeBron James, right? It's just that's the physique I'd want. That's the facil- facilitating ability I would want. Can do it all. Yeah, he kind of has it all. Um, Kawhi could have it. If he didn't get injured, right, hey, he'd be on the Spurs. Uh, I, wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be with DeMar DeRozan and get his garbage uh, as the gameplay. Um, but I guess to answer your original question, who would be the GOAT? Uh, we'll see. I gotta finish the documentary first. All right, I finish the <laughs> Oh yeah, if I'm like full stop goat, I I definitely am actually like still leading towards Jordan. Yeah. I, one like quick interesting stat I found because I was just like looking through a bunch of crazy Michael Jordan stats. Like 
There are two players in NBA history to have a career usage rate above 30% and a turnover percentage rate under 10%. And they are Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. Wow. Fucking crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. That's That's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to say anybody is the GOAT over Michael Jordan. Like LeBron's a good case, though. (laughs) Yeah. LeBron, LeBron is a very good case. I will give you that. Absolutely. But... We'll we'll continue to watch the duck. We'll continue to see everything. Kevin, uh, what is your opinion? Who who do you think is the goat right now, and what defines it? I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. I think um, honestly, I think part of being the goat is getting better every year, uh, and I think that's something we haven't really talked about. And I think we see that. The biggest thing we see that in is two people is LeBron James somehow at the, his age, he's still getting better every year. And we see it in Giannis. Yes. Look at Giannis when he started in the league, just physically compared to what he is. <laughs> he's literally like a twig compared to where he's at now. And I think he still maybe hasn't hit his peak yet. He still is going to keep improving. He still is going to get stronger. So maybe he's not quite a GOAT yet, but he is one year, two years out from being the best player in the league, I think. I think he's I like think... only like your age, right, Kevin? Giannis is yeah. like, yeah. That's, that's kind of depressing to think about once you go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he's five years old. He is, uh, like, he was born a week after me, so. Yeah. Hey, man. Like I tell everyone, if I was six inches taller, we would not be doing this podcast, all right? Being oh, yeah. Okay, you know? I'd be one of those trophy kids, all right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think you can make the case for all of these guys. I really – I think the one person that I'm going to be watching for this whole GOAT discussion is probably going to be Giannis, just mm-hmm. because we progressively see him getting better and better and better. And the one thing, the one question that I think we had coming into the season is, can he shoot the ball? Because he never really took threes last year. He never really um, risked all of that, all that shot percentage and whatnot. But you saw him starting to take more of those three-pointers. And the fact that he's even taking them is a very good sign. I don't really, in all honesty, if he makes like maybe like two threes in a game after shooting, like, I don't know, he can shoot as many, but like, if he can create that kind of spacing, uh, his game is automatically just like MVP, you know? I mean, back to back, I would give it to him right there because the dude's incredible. He's absolutely, he's like, an, he's an athletic monster and he only gets better. And the one thing I will say, you do see a really strong winning mentality with Giannis. You see, you hear stories about how uh, Giannis was with the USA team even playing with other players. And he was just like, I don't want to play with like, after this is done, like, I do not want to play. I do not want to practice with you. I do not want to do this with you because you are the opponent. You are the enemy. I want to get better with my team. And you don't really see that nowadays uh, like you did with Michael Jordan. So who knows? Who knows? You can see that if I shoot, if I make two or three, Three pointers in a game, and Ben Simmons could make be MVP. That's what you're saying. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Honestly, like maybe <laughs> <laughs> that could really change things for him. Let's you know. <laughs> I think Ben Simmons is probably. It's so funny because he's one of the players that people like shitting on the most. One of them, but like, if he actually shot the ball and made the shots, like, I mean. Like, wasn't he supposed to be, like, the next king of the game or something like that? Like, hey, man, hashtag trade and bead. That's all we got to get done. Trade and bead. <laughs> That's some good shit. That's some good shit. Can't wait to all see right. how Joel and bead would look coming back from this break, man. <laughs> oh, Him and Nikola Jokic and Zion. Zion from beignets, man. I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> I swear to God, if, if Luca is – if Luca gets bigger – uh, like first season, Luca. I'm gonna be mildly upset. Oh, I can't. I can't blame my boy for that. After the year he's put up, he deserves. <laughs> oh my God! Leading the yeah, most efficient right. offense of all time. 
<laughs> John is the ultimate Luca fan. <laughs> Do love my boy Luca. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, boys. This was a pretty great, pretty great start to the documentary. I'm pumped to mm-hmm. see what comes next. John, thank you so much for joining us on yeah, this episode. Uh, we'll probably have you on for a few more because you know Chicago fans over I here. But we'll know. <laughs> yeah. All right. It might be you know two million over seven years if that's cool. That's yeah. That's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take two million over seven. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. This is a great episode. Um, if you guys want to listen to us on, uh, we're on all podcasts. Uh, oh, sorry. What was that, Sam? What was that? Uh, don't worry about it. Shameless plug. Is that what you said? Shameless yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at the Deep Three Pod. Um, if you have any questions for us, you can go ahead and email it to us uh, at the Deep Three Pod at gmail.com. And yeah, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching us, and uh, have a great night. Peace out. Fucks and sex.